So why don't we bow our heads and let's pray, okay? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to study your word. <clears throat> Lord, I pray that you'd give clarity, that you would help the kids to understand the message, and that we would all be challenged and we'd all be encouraged from your word. I pray that you'd cut out distractions and Lord, just help us to be able to be focused and that your Holy Spirit would be our teacher and our guide. Help us all to be faithful to you and to never quit. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Well, we are now in Daniel <clears throat> chapter 6, and the plan is that next month, Lord willing, we will be on a different character in the Bible. Maybe we might be learning about a girl next month. Sorry, guys. But there is a really great villain, a really great, I mean, he's not a great guy. He's a terrible guy, but we, it's a really exciting bad guy in next month's story. So that's true. That's true. And he's definitely an exciting bad guy that we're all hope, we all hope goes down soon. So, but Daniel chapter six, the title of the lesson today is faithful to the end. If y'all remember at the beginning of the book of Daniel, what things happened? The nation of Israel was invaded by what king? Does anybody remember? Actually, it was the nation of Judah. The Southern kingdom was invaded by Nebuchadnezzar, and he took away the Jews to Babylon. And remember when he took away that first group of people, he took away some guys that were um, really smart, really wise guys. They were from the king's families, from the leader's families. What were some of their names? Anybody remember? Daniel. And who else? <laughs> no, Goliath was dead by this time. <laughs> Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael. Very good, which we know often as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were taken away into captivity. And remember the mean king, Nebuchadnezzar, he started to give them his food, but God's word had told them that as Hebrews, they were not allowed to eat certain things. And so Daniel had purposed in his heart that he was not going to defile himself. So when the king tried to give him the bad food, what did, Nebu what did Daniel say? Daniel and his three friends said, no, we won't eat it. So he stood for what was right. He was faithful to God as a very young man who had been taken away from his parents and his homeland. And then in Daniel chapter 2, we saw that Nebuchadnezzar had a really bad dream and he was going to kill all of his wise men because they couldn't tell him about the dream. But you remember Daniel went and he got Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael, and they started praying. And God told them in a dream, God told Daniel what the king had dreamed. So Daniel went and told the king about this statue with the head of, anybody remember? Gold. And who did the head of gold represent? Nebuchadnezzar. And then last time we talked about those arms and chest of silver. Y'all remember what kingdom that was? Had two arms. No, not exactly. Anybody remember? Just that. Very good. The Medo-Persian Empire that they were going to invade and take over his kingdom. And then in Daniel chapter 4, chapter four um, Nebuchadnezzar has another dream, and Daniel explains this, and then Daniel confronts him and tells him he needs to repent of his pride, but then Nebuchadnezzar went insane. You remember that? And he went out into the wilderness for seven years, and he acted like an animal, and he ate the grass with the cows. And then last time, Daniel chapter 5, there was a new king, Belshazzar, and you remember what he did? He made the big feast after the Persians and the Medes had invaded and surrounded the city. He had a big feast, and God 
came and wrote on the wall and told him his days were numbered, his kingdom was over, and then Daniel had to stand and tell this king, because you have been lifted up in pride. God is going to humble you. You're going to die tonight. And sure enough, you remember the story. They came and they took the king and they killed him. And a new kingdom took over, and that was the Medo-Persian Empire. And they ruled this part of the world. Well, now that there's a new king, a man by the name of Darius, who is over this region of Babylon. There was also the Persian king Cyrus who was ruling. He was the top king. But Darius or Darius, however you want to pronounce it, he decided to make Daniel one of the top officials in his country because he said Daniel had an excellent spirit. Daniel was a very wise man. He respected Daniel so much. And so right away, even though it's a new king, he decides that Daniel's going to get an important position. Well, about this same time, Cyrus, King Cyrus, decreed that the Jews, the Hebrews, could go back to their homeland. He even started giving them money to help rebuild their temple. And people that went back to visit were told that they could live there if they wanted to. They could go back home. So the Jews celebrated because it was time they could start going back home. But Daniel had some important jobs to do. He had a job to work for Darius or Darius. God had given him this assignment to work there. And so he started serving the king. Well, he served so well, and he was so wise and so smart and had such a good attitude all the time that the king liked him more and more. So before long, he made Daniel the top guy in the kingdom. What did Nebuchadnezzar do to Daniel? He made him the top guy. And right before Belshazzar died, the night they were going to kill him, right before he died, he made Daniel the third highest in the kingdom. Because remember Belshazzar's daddy was the top king and then Belshazzar was the second in charge. And then he made Daniel third in charge of the kingdom. So this keeps happening to Daniel because he is so faithful that he keeps being put in charge of the kingdom. So he tells Daniel what his responsibilities are and he puts all these other men who end up coming under Daniel. Well, these men started getting jealous. They didn't like Daniel being able to tell them what to do. They didn't like reporting to Daniel. And so they had to figure out a way to get rid of Daniel. So we get the idea from the way the Bible tells the story that they started spying on Daniel. They were trying to figure out what they could do. Maybe they went and they checked his driver's license records. I mean, they didn't have cars. I understand that. But you know what I mean. They would go and check. Has he ever gotten a speeding ticket? We'll go tattle on him that he got a speeding ticket so he can't be in charge. Whatever it was, maybe he was driving his chariot too fast. And so they went to check on this and they couldn't find any records of anything bad Daniel had ever done. They started getting irritated. In fact, the Bible says that they met together and they said, they finally came to the conclusion. They said this, they said he was so faithful. They said he is faithful in all things. And they were talking about the laws of their nation. They couldn't find anywhere that he was breaking the law. So they said, we'll have to figure out something he's doing in obeying the law of his God 
And then we'll make a law that's opposite of his God's law, and then we can get him in trouble. So they started watching him. And they started noticing that every day, three times a day, how many times a day? Three times a day, he would go to his room, and he would go and kneel in a window and face towards Jerusalem, and he would pray to his God. And they said, this is what we'll do. And they started whispering about a plan, and they got a plan together. And then they decided, we've got it. We know how to trap him. And they made their plan on exactly what they were going to do. And then the Bible says, I don't remember what word is used here in our Bible, but it says here, um, they said, then these presidents and princes assembled together to the king. In the margin of my Bible, it says that means they stormed the king's presence. In other words, they went running into the castle. They go running in like there's something desperately wrong or something really exciting. I mean, they just, they, they've got the king's attention. They storm in and they start telling the king, king, we've got an idea. Of course, they started out, oh, king, live forever. Like they had always said to Nebuchadnezzar, oh, king, live forever. We have an idea. You're so great and you're so wonderful and you're so mighty. We want to make a law. We've had a meeting and here they told a lie. They said, we've had a meeting of all of the officials. Now, who was one of the officials? Who was the top official? Daniel. Do you think Daniel was in their secret meeting? No. So they were lying. I never caught that until last night. I was reading this again, and I, I, I told Miss Laura, I said, hey, listen, listen, listen. They told a lie. All of the rulers weren't there. There was one important ruler missing, Daniel. But they told the king, we've all had a meeting and all of us agree that you're so wonderful. We want for the next so many days, the next 30 days, no one is allowed to pray to any God except for you. Well, what do you think Darius thought of this? Well, the curtains opened. He was excited. He got a big head you know, I am a God. Because, you know, back in those days, a lot of people looked at their king or their ruler like he was an actual God, and they would worship him. Well, he liked this idea. I get to be a God for 30 days. I'm king, and now I get to be God. Well, he's excited about this. He likes this idea. And then they told him, and we'll make this law say, say that if anybody breaks the law, if anybody disobeys, if they pray to another God except for you, they'll be thrown into a den of lions. They'll get eaten by lions. Oh man, this is such a good idea. Well, the king, you know, anytime a ruler gets too much power, it can go to their heads. We're seeing that play out in the world today. And they become brutal and they become cruel. Well, that's what happened to Darius. He said, this is a great, just a minute, this is a great idea. So he made the rule and he signed the papers and it officially became a law that for the next 30 days, you can only pray to the great God, Darius, King Darius. You can only pray to him. And if you do not pray to him, if you pray to anyone else, 
you'll be thrown into a den of lions. Well, he thought he was doing something pretty cool. But then Daniel found out. Now, when Daniel found out, do you think Daniel got scared? You think Daniel cried? It would have made me mad. But do you think Daniel got mad? The Bible doesn't even say that Daniel got mad. Daniel, I'm sure he thought about it for a moment, but Daniel went back to his room. Perhaps Daniel thought about what had happened a few years earlier when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were told to bow down to the idol and they refused to and God had protected them in the fiery furnace. Perhaps he thought about that. Perhaps he worried a little bit. I don't think he worried because the Bible says, the Bible doesn't even say he thought about it. The Bible said he went to his room. He knelt down in front of the window like he did every day and he started praying. You see, Daniel was faithful. He was faithful to his God. Now, let me point out here, everybody, Daniel did not wait until they made a law to break it. He didn't say, oh, they told me I can't pray to my God. Well, I'll show them I'm going to start praying three times a day, and I'm just going to defy the government. Daniel had already been praying three times a day. What Daniel said was, no, you're not going to stop me from praying to my God. He didn't make a fuss. He just went to his room, and he, do you think he closed the windows and, and hid in the corner? Do you think he did that? No. He went right in the open window like he always did. He was not ashamed of his God. He was not ashamed to pray. He was not afraid. He was trusting his God, and he went on praying like he did every day. Well, guess who was outside watching the window to see if he prayed again? Sure enough, it was that group of men. And there they saw inside Daniel praying. Yippee, we've got him. We've got him. We have trapped him. And they ran to the king so they could tattle. They were going to tattle on Daniel. And they went in and they started out with a question. King, did you not make a law that nobody was allowed to pray to any other God except for you? He said, that's correct. And we're going to throw them in a lion's den if they don't obey. That's correct. He said, and remember the laws and the Medes and the Persians. I didn't mention this before. If they made a law, even the king could not change his law once he had made it. The king got mad. He didn't get mad at Daniel. The Bible says he got mad at himself because he realized what he had done. He had been a fool. He had foolishly lifted himself up as a God. And now this guy he loves so much, Daniel, is in trouble because of his foolish pride. So he spent the rest of the day, the Bible says, trying to figure out what he's going to do about this law. And they reminded him, King, you can't change the law. But he went anyway, and he started looking through his laws, and he started researching, and he started asking, I'm sure, the lawyers and the people who knew all about the law. He starts asking questions and going through the laws, and he's trying to find some way that he can change the law, some way that he doesn't have to throw Daniel in the lion's den. But he had made a dumb mistake. He had signed that paper. It was law, and he couldn't change it. So he sent the men to get Daniel and to arrest him. Well, something I didn't point out here is Daniel is by this time over 80 years old. 
Daniel is as old and older than some of your grandparents. We have a very old man here. He could have been, he could have been 90 years old. And here they're mad at him and they don't want him ruling. In fact, these rulers, when they went to the king, they said, King, this Hebrew, this guy that's one of the captives from Judah. What are they saying? They're insinuating the Jews shouldn't be here. The Jews should go home. And you got this guy in charge. He should really be out of here. He has no business in charge in our country. So there was some prejudice that they had there. But they take this man, an old man, and they tell him, we're going to throw you in a den of lions. Daniel had been faithful when he was a teenager and had first been brought to Babylon. He had been faithful all those years. And now that he's old, he's still faithful to his God. They took him to the mouth of the den. And the Bible, it sounds like the, the king himself went with Daniel. I mean, it's his fault. He's taking responsibility for this and he's feeling such guilt. And he tells Daniel when they get there to the edge of the, of the den, he said, Daniel, I know that your God can protect you. He was scared, but he, he just really thought that Daniel's God would be able to protect him. You know, there's some people that have said that this story is just a fairy tale, that it's not real. That lions never were in the country of Babylon because, uh huh. Good question. What made them do that? The jealousy. They were jealous. They wanted to be in charge, and they didn't like this guy, a Jew, being in charge. Good question. Do you know there's people who've said this is a fairy tale? And somebody will probably tell you that one day. The story of Daniel and the lion's den was a fairy tale. There were no lions in Babylon. There were no lion's dens in Babylon. Let me show you a picture here. This is from a textbook I had in college a few years ago. This man is an archaeologist, and he's standing down in a lion's den in Babylon. And there were all kinds of broken bones in the bottom of that lion's den. From where those lions had eaten, notice he's standing down in the hole, down in this pit, down in this lion's den. Here's a picture. It's actually a slide from um, the Library of Congress. This picture was taken in the 1930s. And this right here is part of a lion's den that was built on the edge of a hill. The reason why they did that is because on the top, it could be level with the ground and have a hole in the top, and they could pull back the lid and then throw food in to the lions or throw people in and then close the lid back. But on the side, they would have a gate. And when they bought the lions from Africa, they could let them into the, into the gate. Or when the king wanted to go lion hunting and show how strong he was, they could go and let out one of the lions and then the king could go chasing him and shoot him down or spear him and kill him. Well, this is one of those. So when somebody tells you, oh, there were no lions, there were no lions den, you've seen a picture of them. They really had. These were the real lion's dens where Daniel was thrown. So the king, yeah, yeah, there's the, there's the lid. So he says, okay, throw him in. So they threw Daniel into the lion's den. And when Daniel hit the ground, can you imagine how hard that'd be? I mean, these are some pretty cruel people that they would take an elderly man, they'd take a senior citizen and throw him in to be eaten by the lions because they hated him so much. 
and they closed the lid. And then the king put his seal on the lid. Well, the rest of that night, the Bible says the king couldn't, couldn't rest. He couldn't sleep. He couldn't eat. Usually he had musicians that would come in and they'd sing and they'd play their instruments and relax the king and help him fall asleep. Maybe they'd sing lullabies to him. Go to sleep, go to sleep, little kingies. Use precious man. I don't know what they'd sing to him, but, but they would play music for him and help him relax in the evenings. And he didn't want any musicians. He didn't want any food. He just stayed up worrying all night long. Well, the next morning early, he threw on his clothes and he went running to the opening of the lion's den. And when he got there, the Bible says he shouted out with a lamentable voice. That means he's crying. He's desperate. Oh, Daniel, was your God able to save you? And he's waiting to hear, you know. He's listening to see if he hears Daniel or if he hears... One of the lions burped because they just finished eating him, you know? But all of a sudden, Daniel speaks out. My God delivered me. He sent his angel to close the mouths of the lions. These lions were hungry, but they didn't touch Daniel. Can you imagine Daniel laying down that night? I mean, in Daniel chapter 2, when the king was going to kill him, after he prayed and asked God to tell him the dream, anybody remember what he did? He laid down and went to sleep, right? So can you imagine Daniel lays down, he goes over one of the lions with a big old puffy manes and just gets all comfy, cozy up against the lion and goes to sleep. I don't know what Daniel did. Maybe he sang to the lions. I don't know. But it'd be pretty cool to spend the night in the lion's den when they can't hurt you. Can you imagine one of the lions if maybe all of a sudden he saw fresh meat (laughs) and he goes over and he tries to open his mouth and the lions can't even get their mouths open. Why? Because the angel of the Lord's standing there going, I must have irritated those lions. Oh God, they didn't even scratch him. They hadn't touched him. He was safe. God had protected him. And Daniel, the book of Daniel chapter six says that God protected him because he believed in his God. He put his faith in God, his trust, like Pastor Hovey talked about this morning. He put his trust in God. He was faithful to his God and his God had protected him. Well, the king was so happy, get him out of there. And he got Daniel out of the lion's den, but then he turned around and he saw those men who had got, who had trapped him and trapped Daniel. And he said, take all those guys, all those guys that had convinced him he was a God. He said, take those guys and their families and throw them in the lion's den. Well, they started throwing them in the lion's den. And guess what the lions started doing? They ate them. They ate them for breakfast that morning. That's right. The angel of the Lord had not allowed them to eat Daniel. So now they're really hungry. But God had protected Daniel, and the king made a decree that God, that Daniel's God was a great God. He was a powerful God, and he was a God that should be worshipped. Now, why did all of this happen? The whole book of Daniel, why do we have this? Because we have a man who was, what's the word? Faithful. He was faithful. Anybody remember our memory verse? He that is faithful also in that which is? 
least. What is some of the least stuff that he was faithful in? He was faithful about what he ate, what God had told him he could and couldn't eat. He was faithful to God. He was faithful to pray. He was faithful to confront wicked kings when he had to preach to them and tell them the truth. He was faithful when he became an elderly man and he was threatened to be thrown into a lion's den. He was always faithful. The message tonight is not just to the kids, but it's to all of us to be faithful. This week, my wife and I have had a lot of heartache Two very close friends of ours have walked away from the Lord this week. They decided they, pastors, uh, pastor and his wife, decided they no longer wanted to be together. Um, they've left. They have permanent, they just both gave up this week on everything. Resigned their church last weekend. It's been a difficult week. Last night, I got an ugly email. Somebody mad at somebody else telling me all, or letting me see all about it. The elders got the email. I was so discouraged last night. And what was I thinking about? What was I meditating on? (laughs) This lesson. I got a text from a friend last night, so discouraged in Louisiana, said, Aaron, Laura, thank you for being faithful. I've only got like three friends left who are still faithful to God. And y'all are two of them. Well, that was encouraging to me, yet that was overwhelming to me. And I'm like, oh, well, I'm next. Let's just quit. Let's just give up. But should we quit? Should we give up just because everybody else does? Did Daniel quit? When he was the only one still praying to his God, did Daniel quit? Even when he was left alone, Daniel kept going. So I want to challenge every one of us here, no matter what stage of life we're at, whether you're a little kid or whether you're a senior citizen that gets cheaper food on Tuesdays at Taco Bell, Mr. Hewlin. (laughs) Wherever we are, no matter how old we are, we should keep going. We should always be faithful to our God. No matter how discouraged we get, we should remember Daniel, that even when he got to the lion's den, He was faithful. King Hezekiah got an ugly letter from Sennacherib. What did he do with that ugly letter? He took it into the temple and he laid it out before the Lord. And he said, okay, God, here's what they're saying. He gave it to the Lord. God wants us to be faithful. So no matter whether you get an ugly letter, no matter whether everybody else quits, we should be faithful to the Lord. Let's pray, and then we're going to sing our song, Faithful Men, again. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for the story of Daniel. Lord, I thank you that we see a wide span of his life from the time that he was a teenager to the time he was a senior citizen, Lord, that he was faithful to you. Lord, I pray that you would help us all to be faithful. Help us not to be discouraged. Help us not to be disheartened. But Lord, help us to be willing to stand for you, to stand for truth. And when we're discouraged, help us to remember poor old Daniel all by himself. But without fear, without second guessing, without questioning, he went to his room and he got back on his knees and he continued to pray. He continued to praise you like he had always done before. Lord, I pray that you would help all of us here to be motivated today to be faithful to you. 
we thank you. You were faithful. You endured suffering. You endured the cross so that we could be saved. Lord, I pray that you would help us to follow you and be faithful as well. Let's all stand back up.